Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. Endurance in the faith, the stronghold of hope. Now, God is doing something in my heart. And what often happens is something will get placed there by God, maybe at intercession, maybe I will wake up and I will hear God's voice, maybe it will come out of Scripture. But this thing will often develop in me. And and sometimes it's very easy to, to bring the heart over to a congregation, like it's one, two, three. And other times it's a bit more difficult because it's something that can be taught, but it, it needs to be caught. Okay, in, in your spirit. God needs to show it to you. And tonight is one of those evenings. So I just really want to pray that the heart of what he wants to say, I know I cannot reveal that. Only the spirit can. And that's a great place to be. Amen. Um, where God takes control. And so, Lord, we just want to invite you into this place. You're so welcome. I believe you've got something you want to build into your people. I just want to get out of the way. And you do it because you are faithful and true. Scripture says, my sheep hears my voice. Because we don't have a shepherd that is mute. We don't serve a king that cannot speak clearly. In fact, he speaks with so much love and clarity to the ear that wants to hear. So we give you our ears and we give you our hearts. So we uh, had a bit of a laugh at intercession this week, which really poured fire on my sermon for tonight. And um, let me tell you what, endurance. Endurance is something that's very scarce in our world today. It is so scarce that I've, I think that you don't actually get true endurance except if God really works in a person. We don't do well with endurance and each of us will be tempted with that. You know what our endurance rating is like? Go figure out the amount of divorces in this country. It is a great reflection of our ability to endure. We say we will do something, but will we really do it? I will love you. Whether we're rich, whether we're poor, whether we're healthy, whether we're sick. I will be with you no matter what, is what we say. Until one of us die. One year later, it's the end of that commitment. Endurance. There's not a lot of it around. On a practical level, go speak with someone that owns a company in this town or speak to a senior or some kind of manager and ask him, okay, how many people works for you? And, and out of him, how many would you say shows real endurance to a task and that, that 
taking into account the person is at work positive to do what needs to be done and only goes home when they should and keep a good attitude. And you'd, you'd sit with 5%. We don't do well with endurance. And spiritually, it's a thing that comes from the beginning of time. And we're going to talk about that tonight. There's a great temptation from the enemy to help you, to lead you to a place where you say, I want to give up on this thing. I want to give up on my faith. or I'm, I'm just going to let go of this commitment. And if he can lead you to a place and guide you to give up, then he succeeds in something that he succeeds in a lot, helping believers to give up. Amen? That's where we're on today. So um, we, I'm sorry for the guys at intercession, I'm just going to repeat that. I'm, I'm involved at the rugby club and on the coaching side of things and every now and then we've got a problem because we need two wings but there's three that really did well the last while. All of them practiced well. All of them, they come with a good attitude. and All of them, they bring something healthy to the team. But now there's this big problem. We can only select two. And then often the coach and myself uh, will ask ourselves this question. That doesn't translate well. Okay. And, and we know what we mean by that. We, we, we've got this picture in our mind of there's this big guy coming on the try line. And we've got these three people in our minds who is going to throw their body into that person approaching the line. That's the only thing to want. I can't see Siri. And as I see, I can't stand up and have ICT. That's want. Makes sense for the man. The girls for Stani. There's a matter of that that we need in our faith. Did you know that? As a believer, you're to be And I'll tell you why. You're in a war. You are in a war. And there's times when you need to reach into a place, into your heart, that you need to bring out some kind of resilience that you haven't touched before. And you need to push through, or you need to push beyond what you, where you've been before to keep that commitment to to, to trust God for that marriage or to stay pure in that area. And it takes something. <clears throat> and you know what's the funny part about it? Often the girls has got more of that than the guys. You, you, you sometimes watch some of the females coming into church, meeting with Christ, and then they get their hands into their sins and they demolish it. This one. Because it's dirty work. And there's something of that that needs to be in us so that we will endure. And I just want to 
almost in a way show you from scripture an example of that. So Jacob, he sends his family in front of him, and it says in Genesis 32 verse 24, And Jacob was left alone, and the man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. I'm a biokineticist. Right? I studied to be a biokineticist. And let me tell you what, to dislocate the shoulder, quickly. Basically, the ball and socket almost sits like this. Hip. Okay, so the, he wrestles with God. He goes on to say wrestles with God. God touches his hip and he dislocates one of the most prominent, better designed joints out of place. Alright? God speels a big fail also. Then he said, that's God speaking, let me go, for the day has broken. Jacob's hip is already out of place. Check this out. I will not let you go, unless you bless me. That's a big yawn. That's fight. Hip out of joint. Can't stand on it. He's probably lying on the floor having an ankle. But he will not let go. And he said to him, What is your name? And he said, Jacob. And the man said, Your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. Jacob means deceiver. Alright? Your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with man, and you have prevailed after his hip is dislocated he still holds on to God and only after that God speaks he says you're no longer Jacob and sometimes God is waiting to speak that word that's just going to release stuff in us but when he touches our hip or if the world touches our hip or the enemy and there's something wrong we back out But it is on the other side of enduring what we see in Scripture, what we know to be right. It is on the other side that the blessing awaits. You go speak to some couples that's married, that went through terrible times. You go speak to them. And they will tell you on the other side of that time, we almost gave up. But on the other side, nothing, nothing will come in this bond. Because we got stronger, we endured. Alright? Talking about endurance tonight. I just want to read you a few scriptures just to Get us on one page. Ephesians 6 verse 12. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, 
but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Here's an important part. Thanks, Brown, for bringing this scripture to intercession because it stayed with me, with the body, amen? Brown actually had this scripture on his heart at intercession. God wants me to use it as well, so that's why we need you guys to bring your gifts, amen? Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Having done all, stand firm. Stand firm. Now, but this circumstance, you just do what you know to be God, good, scriptural, and godly, and then you stand. And then you don't back off. You endure. Amen? Matthew twenty four twelve, And because... Lawlessness will be increased. The love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. Hebrews 12 is 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so a great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance. The race that is set before us. Amen? Last one. Philippians 1 verse 6. I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. God wants you to endure. Complete. At the end of your life, at the end of a day, at the end of the age, whatever comes first, when the dust settles on the ground, if we get to face the world that is waiting and the revelations, and some of it, of it has already started, great tribulations, it's the days where we are called to stand strong. And when the dust lands, may we stand in our faith. We need to practice now. We need to practice to endure. Are you with me tonight? And so we're going to touch on one thing that's going to help with this. It's not everything on this topic, but one thing. And um, Zechariah is a prophet that... um, We're a prophet to the people of God. And I want to tell you a quick overview of what gets us to the place where he says a certain word to the people. Don't show it already, Lauren. Keep them in the dark for now. So what has happened, we're talking about enduring, we're talking about hope, we're talking about making it all the way, is if there is a people that bounce between faithfulness and unfaithfulness, then it was the nation of Israel. Alright? If there was one person in the Old Testament that remained steadfast, who would that be? God. He's the hero of the Old Testament. He's the only one that stays faithful and it continues. But just to give you a quick overview, these people, this nation, is a broken nation. What happens is, Firstly, just to jump in somewhere, is they slaves in Egypt. It's not a good start. 
well, no, before that, the whole world gets wiped. And now on, a few people get saved. These people end up slaves in Egypt. God takes them out. They get stuck in the desert for 40 years because they're afraid to face the opposition they need to face to go into a country. They get in, they marry people that does not serve God, and it's a time of a judges where one of the standout leaders is a guy like Samson who throws his whole faith away by giving his life to a woman that serves other gods. And it says in the book of Judges, summarizes the book, it says everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Now that's not a good place to be, I'll tell you that. It comes to the place where there's kings, and there's for a moment relief where Saul, I need to listen up, unites Israel. There's a northern part, a southern part. He, re- he unites Israel. So one thing Saul did. He dies, David takes over, and there's a united kingdom. It's a big, think about South, South Africa, the whole country. Okay? David rules. He dies, gives to his son Solomon, marries 900 princesses from other faiths. He brings up altars to serve other gods. And the punishment for that is that South Africa or Israel are cut in half. There's a, there's a north and there's a south. And they are at war with one another. That's Israel. Okay? Then it's a time of the kings. If you read in the Bible, you'll, you'll, you'll quickly read, this king followed God, this king served idols. This king did well, started bad. It's a bad time. At one stage, there's so much idol worship that God sends in the Assyrians to throw Israel out of their nation. So first they were cut in half. Toe kom al boot en gooi al die Suid-Afrikaners uit die land uit. It's where you'll hear this term that Israel were exiled. They were no longer in their own land. And the Assyrians took the country. North and south. At one stage, the Persians come. Some of you enjoy the history, some of you not. Just hold on. The Persians come, a king with a name Cyrus. He takes over the Assyrians and he says, every nation can go back to their own places as long as you pray for me. And so Israel can go back. That's when Nehemiah comes in. He gets here, the wall is broken. They start to rebuild. The city is trashed. Temple is trashed. The wall is trashed. It is at this time where Zechariah speaks the following word. Zechariah 9 verse 12. He speaks to the people. He says, Return to your stronghold, O prisoners of hope. Listen up. Return to your stronghold, O prisoners of hope. Today I declare that I will restore to you double. Prisoners of hope? Let me give you a few stats. If you go to the next slide... At the time of David, the northern tribe and the southern tribe were one, right? But they were still counted separately just for admin purposes. Can we go to the next slide? Probably will not. There we go. The northern tribe had 1.1 million warriors. That's men. Add the women, double and more. And kids. Good 3, 4 million, I guess. The southern tribe had almost half a million warriors. Judah was a bit smaller, only two tribes. Northern tribe at 10. 
Post-exile, at the time that Zechariah writes this, there is a whole 50,000 people in Israel. They are shattered. There is nothing left. Think about this town. Someone throws us out and about 100 people come back. This is the state. And Zechariah writes and he says, this is a time where we need endurance. Return to your stronghold of hope. You prisoners. Return to your stronghold. You prisoners of hope. Go to the next slide. What is he saying? What is he saying to those people? Now, now this is, this is where the penny drops. You need to listen up. We spoke about strongholds a few weeks back. A stronghold can be a physical place. One king said to David, you'll not take my stronghold. And then David conquered them. So the stronghold was taken. He invaded the city and took it. A stronghold can also be an unseen thing. For example, imagine you have an island somewhere where they believe a certain thing. Let's say they believe that... um, When a man is 16 years old, he must climb over that mountain. And every man does it. That's a stronghold. It's a stronghold of belief. A stronghold that reigns on that island is that every man must climb over the mountain. So a stronghold can be a physical thing or it can be a spiritual thing. Now what Zechariah is saying is there's a stronghold where the people of Israel, the believers today, must return back to where there is hope. There's a place in your faith and mine where if we return to it, if we stay in it, there is plenty of hope. The moment you lose your hope, your endurance is gone. Gone. No hope, no endurance. You endure because something you see in front of you. Jesus endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. And what this writer is saying is there's a place for every believer that if you stay there, you will have what? Hope. In that court, in that, beyond those walls on the inside, there's plenty of hope. And he's inviting Israel to go there. Now we know he's not talking about a physical place because Israel is shattered. There's nothing left. But he's saying, bring your hearts back. What is he talking about? We spoke about this in worship. You have lost everything, but you have not lost. Help me. God. You have not lost. He still loves you, Israel. You are still His people. He loves you. Return to your stronghold. You should be a prisoner of hope. Think about a ball and chain of amazing hope that you can't get rid of. Okay? Think about being a prisoner of amazing joy. And He's saying there's that place for you and me. Now what you and I need to think about is Have the enemy lured you out of your stronghold? 
to dry places where there is no hope. Because if he can get you out of your stronghold, he will break your endurance. If you battle with some kind of sin and God is helping you, he's going to lead you, you're going to take this thing called lust. and You're going to trust God for your purity. And he gives you a hope. You're like, God, we're going to do this together. I'm going to walk away from this life. I've got a hope for a future. I've got a hope for a marriage. and I'm going to, I'm going to trust you in this. That, that, that's a hopeful start. If you stay close to God, he'll see you through. If the enemy can remove you from your stronghold, from your place where you are close with God. He takes your hope, takes your purity. Takes your hope, takes your mouth back. You started to grow in this area. If he can take you out of that place with God, he steals your hope, you'll backslide. We have an issue with endurance because we have an issue with spirit-filled hope in this world. There's a lot of, most people in leadership would say this, people will only follow hopeful leaders. The moment a leader loses his personal hope, he is a leader no more. Think about that for a moment. How important is it for you to stay within the stronghold, within that place of God where he keeps your hope alive, in the place where you work? If you lose your hope, you lose your influence. No one follows someone who gives up every second day. And God is calling us to connect with Him in a place where we are chained to the hope that is in front of us. We don't beat sin because we know how bad it is. We beat it because He shows us something greater. He shows us a hope that is so much more tastier, so much more beautiful than what sin has to offer us. It's a hope. Are you with me? I know this is a spiritual thing, but, but I know you can get this. Let me, let me just share one or two more things. This hope, this stronghold, is because you connect with God. The Israelites have lost their wealth, their army, their military. It's gone. Their temple, they're struggling to rebuild the temple at this stage because the people are hindering them, mocking them, and stopping their work. They've got nothing. They only have God. They used to rely on their army. Their army is gone. They used to rely on maybe the physical temple. The temple is gone. Listen here. If you think, this is where the penny drops. If you place your hope in marriage, let's use an example. Okay? If you place your hope in marriage, when you get there, you're going to be very dissatisfied. Because that's not the stronghold with this hope. It's God himself. And so many guys, the only thing they want to do is marry, and also girls, and especially if they don't know God, they, everything looks good until they get married. The whole world falls apart because the stronghold of their hope was marriage. Israel had an army. They had their hope in the army. Boom, gone. What do we have left? God. Return to your stronghold. Hope is in a person. God, who wants to help you endure. You've got some hope and money. He'll help you lose it all. He'll help you 
become bankrupt, that you can see this is not where, it's a fickle place. Put your hope in eternity. Put your hope in something that stands, withstands the greatest test of times. Put your hope in someone who conquered Satan himself. That's a safe hope. See, Israel had to gather their hope because it was placed in so many things. And when everything was gone, they thought it's over. And the prophet said, no, God is not done with you. Place your hope in God. The prophet goes on, I just want to show you a verse. He says, on that day the Lord their God will save them. He's speaking about when Jesus comes. As the flock of his people, for like the jewels of a crown, they shall shine on his land. You know what he's asking these people to do? Very important. He's asking Israel to not look at natural things, but only at God who will come. Zechariah is asking these people to think spiritually. Jesus is going to come back. Put your hope in that. Because it's all they had. And check here. Matthew 11. Jesus stands up. He says, come to me. All who labor and are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. I'm going to do it. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Hope is a person. His name is Jesus. Hope is a person. Go back to the start of tonight. Whether you drive a car from 1917 or 2017, who gets in the car with you? Come to me. And I will. I will be at rest if I get that, Amarok. Because the problem is if you get it this year, next year a new one is coming out. And you're going to need that one because it's got this new line on it and everyone knows it you've got the old one another 300,000 rand for the exchange and you and the family are in trouble I will give you rest now if we if, if he just will not pull out of this marriage if he will just go through I will have arrived at now because when you wake up after a few months, the borders fail, and you suck, stink in your eyes, and you realize he's not your place of rest. Amen? I will give you rest. And so what we need to do, what the Spirit is asking this congregation to do, is to go out and gather the pieces of our heart back to Jesus. Get it back. Don't quit your job. Get your heart off your salary. It's not where it belongs. Get it back to Christ that he shows you how to steward it. If you are married, you should enjoy your marriage like I do. Marriage is amazing. But my hope is not in my marriage. 
Because my marriage is not eternal. Did you know that? But he is. So if I can take my heart from my marriage and give it to Christ, then I can enter my marriage with the mind of Christ. Amen? You will get yourself out of so much trouble if you can gather the pieces of your heart. Hope is a person. Jesus. And he helps us to endure. To endure to the end, invest all your hope on the one who will ultimately be victorious. In Christ, you will never come to the place where you have an achnia umlak. He's faithful. He's just. And don't misunderstand me. He wants to send you into this world to rule and reign, but he wants your heart with him and your hands in the world. Amen. It's just interesting how it works. As, as students, we had no money. But everything belonged to God. Because every cent went to missions. And we helped one another. It was almost like the more the world got hold of me and us, the more we started to earn, the more we gave our heart to money. But when I had nothing, everything belonged to God. I need to take back my heart. You need to take back your heart. Your heart should not lie on an executive table in Sassel. That's not a safe place for your heart. Your heart should be with Christ. Chained to hope. Unfailing. Return to the stronghold. You prisoners of hope. And for you today in this dispensation at this time, you will return to that stronghold every time you work onto a platform, walk onto a platform to worship Jesus. Every time you worship Jesus, you will allow yourself to press in to your stronghold. Whether you worship fully, I'm not talking about singing a song, worshipfully reading your scripture, praying, singing, press in. It is there where you will find a ball and chain called hope. And the world can try. It will rob you of everything. Like Paul, in prison. Rejoice in the Lord. How can you say that? Oh, you know what? My heart is not here. It is with Christ. So he sits in prison. He's got nothing. He's actually cold. He asked the man to bring him a coat. He says, rejoice in the Lord. That's a man chained to hope. Stephen, the very first martyr, they say, deny Christ. He said, I will not. He looks up. Only place in Scripture. Scripture says Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Did you know that? Stephen looks up there about to stone him to death. He says, I see Jesus standing. He's looking. That's a man. He's got nothing on earth left. He's ready to go home. That's an out there example. I mean, let's start with tomorrow morning, 6 o'clock. Okay? Let's start. Let's start with opening up. 
and saying, oh, I will not watch TV, I will read your word first. Let's, let's start by giving that before we go to our lives. So, uh, amen? You're supposed to be a prisoner of hope. It's supposed to be a joy that comes out of this building that is contagious in this town. Amen? We're supposed to run into people that's in the same circumstances as, as us at work, and then they must ask, why are you not mad? Why are you not shouting at this person? I'll tell you what, I'm living for another kingdom. I'm in this world, but I'm not of this world. But the temptation for me and you is when everyone starts to grumble, to walk out of us, our stronghold and grumble with them. We're messing up when we do that. We need to come with an opposite spirit. Amen? They sent 12 spies. I'm almost done. 12 spies into the promised land to see what's going on there. 10 comes back. We can't take this place. Only two, Joshua and Jacob. Ah, Joshua and Caleb, sorry. Comes back. You see, their hearts are the different places. God has given this place to us. Yes, they are big. We chop the ankles off then. But we're going to take this land. You see, they've moved into the stronghold where God speaks faithfully to them. Move back to your stronghold. Gather the pieces of your heart. That's how you endure. You lose your hope, you lose your endurance. You lose your hope, you lose your influence. If you're an evangelist, you desire to lead people to God, you need to fight for your hope. Every one of us here is supposed to say yes. You need to capture, recapture your hope so that out of God's kingdom, you aim to be forefootwees in this world. Alright? Let's stand tonight. I don't want to rush out of this moment. I just want to ask you to, to seek your own heart for a moment. And that's why you are here, right? You are here because you want to grow. Where is the pieces of your heart? I'm very aware of where mine where the pieces of my heart is at this moment because I've allowed the enemy to take my heart a bit. And it's caused a lot of frustration and anger in my life. And I've, I'm just being um, transparent. The last while, even, I've been fluctuating between being peaceful and extremely angry. And God is just revealing to me that I need to gather the affections of my heart back to Him. What about you? What about you? Ah, oh, Holy Spirit, you are so welcome in this place. We are so good, Lord, at giving our hearts to other lovers. If you don't help us, we will never learn. But you are here. 
to start a process of healing in our hearts and to make us faithful and the people of endurance. We are not of this world. We are in this world. We should live differently. You must help us. Precious Holy Spirit, help us to show Jesus to this town. We are prisoners of hope. We are different. We taste different. We talk different. We act different. We listen different. We help different. We just regather the affections of our heart back to the cross. And I want to ask tonight, if you are tired mentally or physically, put up your hand. So I want to pray with you. He says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. Now what I want you to do is I want, to, I want you to picture you with that thing, that workplace, that worry way that takes so much of you. Because you know what it is. You know what it is that makes you tired. And I want you to see it as a room and I want you to walk out. I want you to draw near to Christ. Walk out of that place, out of that thing that drains you because you are being a prisoner of something else. All right? So in this moment, I want you to say, Lord, I leave this thing behind. I gather my affections back from that work offers to you. I gather my affection back, Lord, from worrying in that area, back to you. I will give you rest. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Breathe on your people, Lord. And I pray for a relief in this moment. I pray for a deliverance from frustration, anger, and heartache. I just feel there's someone here. You feel so under pressure, but you are carrying things you're not supposed to carry. You need to lay it down. Yoke with Jesus. You need to breathe spiritually and gather yourself back to the cross. Let him refresh you and show you how to get your hands in that area but your heart out. You can't give your heart to that thing. Guard your heart. It is safe of Christ. Amen. We will be an enduring people in this town. If you agree with me now, just say Amen. Lord, we will endure in this town. We will endure in the faith. When the enemy comes, we will overcome him, Lord. We don't look the enemy in the eye because he's under our feet, Lord. We bind ourselves to the cross of Christ tonight. Our stronghold of hope. We are prisoners of hope, Lord. You've come for us. You will never let us go, Lord. Help us to change this town and lead many people to Christ.
in the name of Jesus. Amen.